This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large at Mississippi Today, and cartoonist as well. Our guest today is, um, well, he's been described as a master of intense sound waves with the pioneering spirit, and I think that's pretty accurate. We have William Garfield Walker here. He's an emerging young American conductor. He's quickly established himself on the international stage, and we're honored to have him back with us today in the studio. And did I mention he's from Jackson, Mississippi? It's an incredible story, and you're going to hear a little bit more about it. Not only is it an incredible story, and, you know, like I said, I was looking back on the past interview that I did with him, and we talked about his, you know, incredible rise to the, the international stage. But what he has done since the pandemic had hit, and as you can imagine, when you're in the business of being in concert halls and in front of symphonies, uh, that was one of the first things that got shut down. And he didn't just lay around and wallow in self-pity. He created uh, just something that is incredible, and I can't wait for you to hear about it today. We're going to um, kind of jump in real quick on a couple things. Number one, our dear leader here at Mississippi um uh, Public Broadcasting. Ronnie Agnew is departing at the end of the year. He's heading up to Ohio to head the public uh, television radio station at Ohio State University. Uh, I've known Ronnie for a long time. I worked with him both at the Clarion Ledger and here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and I just want to wish him well. He's a very talented guy. He's done really well on the national stage as well and brought a lot of, uh, you know, both funding and accolades to Mississippi Public Broadcasting and to MPB, and I just wanted to wish him well. I'm going to miss him. Uh, he's a definitely a friend and so wish him well on that i also too want to note that michelle has got a birthday coming up uh, happy birthday i want to throw that out there because i don't know if i'll have a chance to tell you that next week after it's passed sunday yes i'll be 48 48 yes. congratulations yes. and i will be 54 right after that right. so because yeah, you and December our baby exactly we get our combination christmas birthday cards and speaking of leaving of course we're going to miss ronnie agnew he's done a lot for mpb but karen brown is also retiring as well which I, I don't know what i'm going to do without her voice in the morning exactly and she, her birthday is in december so we always share desiree frazier uh, mike duke mm-hmm. um, director of radio reading myself um, and our radio department we share december birthday so it's going to be different mike is still here but karen will be gone and desiree is still here as well so uh good luck to karen brown yeah and uh on her new found <laughs> retirement and uh and ronnie agnew moving on to bigger and better things it's gonna yeah be I, different. Got, I got to fill in for her one time and i was just like this is really hard she's she is, the, she is so good and she makes it so easy yeah and, 5 30 a.m yeah, yeah. four o'clock she gets here and she's just wonderful like she's yeah. up and ready to go so i mean we'll get another person here but it's not going to be the same no nah, it's not going to be safe it'll be wonderful but it's not going to sing we wish karen well and she's she's a friend as well mm-hmm. i, I got to throw out one more thing too uh coming up on thursday will be my silver anniversary in Mississippi. That is the day I drove from San Diego to Mississippi and crossed the Mississippi River Bridge. And I kind of looked around. I was like, wow, so this is home now. And 
I uh, thought I'd be here a couple of years. I've been here for 25, ah. and it's been amazing. Every single, Not every single moment, but by pretty much 95 to 96% of it has been incredible. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listening. Uh, I could not do what I do without you, and uh, my family is very grateful. I now have three boys who are actually native Mississippians, all born here. And so that's been the wonderful thing. I've had a couple opportunities to leave, turned down some really nice jobs, but I thought, you know, this is home and it's been, it has been home. And I just wanted to say thank you. It was really weird. Um, like I said, I didn't think I'd be here that long, but it's been great. And so I just want to throw that out too. We have somebody in the studio that's very special. You uh, are very familiar with them because if you were just listening a few minutes ago, you just heard her. Carol Puckett's in the studio. Carol, it's good to see you. Good morning, Marshall. It's good to see you, too. I know. I'm such a poor Malcolm substitute. Well, uh, you're a different Malcolm substitute. Yeah, no. I, my, my, uh, nobody's ever thought, man, that Marshall Ramsey brings some great food to the table. Well, he brings some great art to the table. He does. He, he does. really does. He has been... Um, I'm going to talk bad about him here since he just walked past, but he has done so much for the artistic community here in Mississippi. And I know being part of that, I'm just so grateful for him and all of his efforts. Yes, well, and I was always saying you bring great art to the table. I don't know about your food. but Yeah, thank you. No, you, really, and I hope you never find out because it, it, it would definitely be bad for everybody involved, I think. Um, I do grill. That's about the only thing I'm good at. So that's the end of the food part of the show. But you are very familiar with our guest today who is sitting across the table from us, and, and we'll bring him on in just a second, but um, I know you were as taken by William Garfield Walker as I was the first time I met him. Um, just a huge creative force and just very special in a lot of different ways. Everything you said is true, and it was, you know, the word serendipity is yeah. a wonderful word, but meeting William and kind of our journey together has been serendipitous is all I can say about it. And it started back in 2018 when uh, my partner, John Palmer, and I spent the summers in Colorado, and we were attending the Aspen Music Festival, which is one of the world's great music festivals. It lasts for about six weeks. It's over 400 performances. You know, you can go almost any time of day or night and hear something. But Sunday is the day that it's the big day because it's the, you know, full orchestra in the music tent. Okay, I had always heard of the Aspen Music Tent, and I visualized a tent with, you know, those concrete buckets holding the poles up and folding chairs. And it is a 2,000-seat hall. It's like wow. Carnegie Hall, but it's uh, it's a permanent tent. You know, they can close it up in the winter, but it has the snow peaks like the Denver mm. Airport and a beautiful wooden interior. But Sunday at 4 o'clock is the big concert. But if you want, you can go at 9 o'clock in the morning to the rehearsal for like $10. And that's something that John and I love to do every week and you know maybe there are a couple hundred people in the 2000 seat you can take your coffee and your paper and you know we went and listened to a performance of the orchestra and as we were walking back to the parking lot we decided to take it was like a wooded you know the beautiful wooded path to the parking lot and so along the side of the trail there were these huge banners and 
you know, you'd walk by a banner and you would see a picture of a beautiful Japanese young woman and, you know, it would have her name and she's from so-and-so in Japan and underneath Juilliard. And so we were going through these. I, I remember the you know, Japanese woman, there was someone from Estonia, uh, and they were, you know, all students at the music festival. And then we come on, come upon this very uh, arresting, you know, lovely young African-American man, you know, on this poster. And as we study it, it says William Garfield Walker, Jackson, Mississippi, and Vienna. Now, there's a combination. A combination, yeah. And it said conducting fellow. So, you know, we just said, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. We took pictures of the banner, and John was uh, planning to send it, or and he did send it to Michael Beatty of the uh, Mississippi Symphony. And Michael replied, said, oh, we know William. He was in our youth orchestra in our symphony. And you can almost hear Michael saying that, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, the next day, just happenstance, checking my email, there was a email blast from the music festival, and it said, William Walker, conducting fellow, will be taking over our Instagram account today to tell you about the conducting program. So I immediately Instagrammed William, and minutes later, you know, he Instagrammed me. And I said, you know, from Jackson, he said, we'd love to meet. And he said, look, my last uh, chance to conduct is this afternoon. Can you come? And this was at 3.15, and it was at 4 when, you know, the concert started. So I kind of tiptoed into John, who doesn't like to move that fast. I said, oh, you know, that guy, we, you know, William Walker, he's conducting at 4. And John jumps up and says, what are we waiting for? So, you know, we went and we met after the uh, performance, and uh, it just started a beautiful friendship that, it you know, has resulted in a, a lot of things happening. Uh, I guess, you know, one thing was just, you know, part of hospitality. When William came home, we had a lunch, just like 10 people for lunch. And everybody at that lunch was so taken and wanted to make sure that William has everything he needs as a Mississippian. Uh, you know, have you know offered support and mentor- mentorship, uh, especially Peyton Prosper who, you know, we've set up a small foundation that supports William's uh, William's work. And we've had a great time, haven't we, William? It's been an incredible time. You know, we, we've, seen, we've seen each other through lots of uh, ups, ups and downs in the past few years with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. That's that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And of course, we're going to break all that down today because it's like the, the that was just such a game changer on the pandemic. But isn't it funny though that you can literally be out of town and it doesn't matter? I mean, I was in the middle of London and ran into people I knew from Mississippi. I know it's and, yeah. There's a Mississippi connection almost. You know, you can just scratch the surface and and in in William's uh, career since you know the past few years that we've known each other we've scratched a lot of surfaces and yeah. found Mississippians whether it's in Saudi Arabia or Vienna who have 
you know, joined the William Walker support team. Yeah, I mean, it, and I love what you've done with the foundation. And tell us a little bit of how folks can be able to contribute because it's I mean, what the foundation does. Because, like I said, Nova Symphony has been um, just a wonderful creation in the middle of a really bad time with with the pandemic. Well, our you know, our main focus is educational and also to provide you know, pay for musicians, and William will tell you later about the concert uh, we just did in Vienna. But it's been a way, like, uh, William was invited, for example, to Harvard this summer for a disruptive leadership conference. And, you know, the foundation can make sure that that he gets to go or that, you know, he's invited to study with the world-famous conductor in Estonia and you know, you know that plane ticket. It's you know, with artists, it's the little things. Yes. Yeah. It, it, if I ruled the world, artists and teachers would be the ones that are making making the money. But sadly, that's that's not the case. But this has just been a gentle support, and um, it, it's been a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get you on, just to t- tell a little bit about it, just from your experience of meeting him and everything. And I know one, you know, and it was. I did the interview, like I said, with 2019, and I've got so many emails going, he's from Jackson? Like, yes, yes, and from Jackson Public, Public Schools, Schools, Casey Elementary, mm-hmm. Chastain Junior High, Murrah, and, I mean, it could be a poster child for the Mississippi Symphony because the first concert he ever saw you know, were the symphony concerts they do for kids downtown where they bus you from your elementary school. Wasn't it like a Halloween con? You were like got to dress up or something like that. I was trying to remember yeah, on that too. Yeah, so I I did go to a Halloween concert that they did, um, and then I also did the uh, the program where they bring you in on the bus from the elementary school yeah. down to Dalyamara, and um, yeah. So th- so those were my first experiences with the live symphony orchestra. Okay. And Kraft and Beck, the current uh, conductor, was the first conductor William. William Saul. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think about that. How many times I went to those concerts, and and it didn't have quite the same effect on me. So something must have really worked out really well for you. So yeah, well, I, it, it it was an incredible experience. Yeah. It was an incredible experience, especially you know for somebody young and formative stage. Yeah. You know, go and see a live orchestra and say, well, that's that's really cool. Well, that that was the thing that amazed me the last time we talked that you didn't like. You know, your mom didn't dump a cello in your crib when you were about. I mean, you started later on in life with music a little bit, and really in high school is when things really took off for you. Yeah, and and you know, I think that's the way that it should be because you know, yeah. as a as a musician, as an artist, you have to bring your life experiences there. And if you're if you know from a very early age, you you might get good at your instrument or or whatever it is you're doing. Um, but if you're not living life, then, you know, you're not able to tell a story. Well, you can tell a story, but, you know, you, you can tell more stories if you have experienced life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One of my favorite stories about the progression during Jackson Public Schools is that William was in the band at Chastain. You know, they're out there marching in the hot sun, and he sees kids walking in the door of Chastain in the late afternoon with instrument cases. And he's going, hmm. What are those? They're going into air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you play saxophone? I, yeah, I, I played saxophone in the in the marching band. Yeah. I also played a few other instruments in the band as well. So, um, how many instruments do you play? 
Well, now I, I play all of them because I'm a conductor. Well, that's a good but, point. Yeah, but so um, they, they, that's a that's a job requirement. It's well, well I, I, it's a little joke um, because <laughs> but but okay. um, I, I I did play. Um, I started off with the cello and the saxophone. Um, eventually, I was also playing the bassoon, the uh, French horn. Um, I had to study piano in, in, at at, uh, at college, yeah. and I also did some organ there because it was really just keyboard. And so I said, well, piano, I'll, I'll do organ. Switched over. Um, and I also studied a little bit of, of timpani, you know, mm-hmm. percussion instruments. So I, I, because I was interested in becoming a conductor yeah. and in doing composition as well. And so I um, you know, thought it would be good for me to know a few different instruments from each family of instruments. And it's not a requirement. A lot of people either play one uh, or mostly play one. Most Many people just play the piano or something like that. But I wanted to learn a lot of different ones, so I had that practical experience. That's one thing that strikes me about you. When you want to do something, you attack it academically as well as you attack it, just doing that as well. So. Well, I, you know, just try to do as much as I can, try to learn learn things and, you know, move forward. Well, and you have. And I tell you what, we're going to have to move forward. Carol, thank you so much for jumping in. Appreciate yeah, it. thank you for uh, for asking me to be a part of it. Well, well, it's been thank great you. seeing you, Carol. That's great. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to welcome back again Mississippi native and conductor William Garfield Walker. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I am your host, Marshall Rams of Mississippi Today. Our guest today is hailed as a modern-day maestro and is currently the chief conductor of Nova Orchestra Wien, now Vienna's most newest and professional orchestra, uh, so without further ado, we're going to welcome to the show William Walker. You've heard his voice already. William, man, thank you for joining us today. I know you have so little time at home, so it's nice to be able to get a little bit of that time from you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be back. Man, it is great to see you. And, you know, it's so funny because I think where we left you, um, what, two decades ago? <laughs> was it feels that, that way. Doesn't <laughs> it, though? I mean, it's like exhausting how long no. it's been. Um but you know, we you know you, we talked about, and we'll talk about it again. Your rise, and Carol talked about it too. You rise up to where you are now. I mean, you you were very successful on the international stage. You've been able to do a lot of great guest conducting uh, jobs, and that's what you were talking about. Well, I'm going to do some more guest conducting. I don't think any of us saw this on the horizon that was coming, and and how you've reacted to it has been nothing short of brilliant. And so I was like, we got to get him on today, and we got to talk about this a little bit because. Uh, not only are you an inspiration on anybody who's creative, but I think you're a huge inspiration on anybody who needs to be resilient and to deal with change that you have really no control over. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, last time we spoke, you were talking about some things and so forth. I, I guess 
But we need to kind of go back a little bit more and talk about your time with Jackson Public Schools, with Casey Chastain, and the power, you were the Power APAC program at Murrah. How did you get interested in music? Um, you'd mentioned that you went to the concert, you know, when you were little. When you were sitting there, did, did a spark light, and you're just like, this is something I want to do? Or you just said, this is really enjoyable, and, and I may try it? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of the second one. It's yeah. very, it, it was something enjoyable, and I wanted to try it. And, you know, um, a, a lot of the kids, um, my classmates, um, you know, like we, we all enjoyed that day when, when we, we went every year to the symphony. Yeah. And so we all enjoyed going down, and, you know, it, it was fun for us. And so, you know, that was my first experience, my first, one of my first experiences with the Live Symphony Orchestra, something that's fun and enjoyable. And, um, you know, it just kind of, it was the gateway into doing it. And so, you know, then you start taking the class and then, you know, you just kind of, you know, you progress forward, you go upwards and, you know, somehow you look around and it's like, oh, I'm doing this professionally. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how, how I got into it. What made you choose cello? Um, I wanted the big one. <laughs> it, 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 was that, yeah. it was that simple. Yeah. And, and actually, I wanted the double bass. Right. Um, I they just didn't, didn't know one. it. Well, yeah. I didn't know it back then. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know I, I'd start, I signed up for the strings class, and I said, well, I like to play the big one. And they came with the violin, which is the smallest one. I said, no, the big one. And then they brought the cello. And, you know, there, there was no bigger one in the class. But, um, you know, the, the, the big ones were the cellos in the class. But... Um, I, I actually meant the double bass. <laughs> so if anybody out there is wondering about the value of arts in schools, I think uh, this next hour is going to be a huge lesson on that. And I mean, that, like I said, you're, I mean, we're both huge promoters of the arts because we yep. understand there's a business side of this as well. Also, this. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your, your first teachers and your influences early on, because I mean, um, I don't think, you know, you don't get to the level that you're at without having wonderful mentors and people that, you know, help push you. And But you have to have the right people to do it, too, because that could go terribly wrong if you yep. got the wrong person in, yep. in, in your life. Yeah, well, it's it's very important in, in music, but then in, I'd say in everything to have the right people, to have the people who care about you as mm -hmm. a person and who want to see you succeed, who want to see you do well. Right. And, and not only want that for you, but can actually help you. Um, you know, do well. And so I was very lucky to um, start off on, on the cello with uh, Bennett Randman and with Richard Brown and um, here in, in Jackson and, yeah. you know, to take lessons from different people. And, you know, everybody, it was it was a real community effort from the musicians of in, in the city, you know, to, to, you know, help me get to that next step. They saw something in you. Well, you, you know, I, 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 they they were just they they cared about me as yeah. a person, and so I, I I appreciated that. Let me ask you this, because a lot of times parents will come up to me and ask, um, you know, how, my kid wants to be a cartoonist. Do they need to take art classes? And I'm like, yeah, they probably should. Find a good art teacher would be great. Yep. But they need to be really good at all their other classes too, because yep. there is a lot that comes to art yep. as opposed to just sitting the mechanical of being able. Same way with music too. Yep. When you were in school, what were some of your favorite classes, and how do you feel like that they changed you and made you who you are today? Well, I mean, for me, my favorite class has al has always been and still is history. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, I, I mentioned just a few moments ago that um, life you have to have life experience, but yeah. um, you know, it's also about telling stories and you know through through your art and you know knowing. Um, you know what's going on around you currently, but you you know that by what's happened before, right. and so you can put it in context. and And so um, history has been a, a very big thing 
uh, for me, a, a very one of my favorite subjects. Um, in fact, I'd say my absolute favorite subject outside of the arts. So being stuck in Vienna, Austria during a pandemic so you couldn't go anywhere, that had to be, in a way, one of the coolest things ever. Because like you, you joked with me earlier, you said that you can throw a rock in Vienna and hit a famous musical site. Well, well, yeah, you know, I I, um, I I moved to a new apartment, and it turned out that um, that in that building lived the guy who um, worked with Mozart, who wrote the words, the, the libretto, the words. Do they have the text. a plaque up there that says that? Or well, well they named the, the name of the building is the is the Schikaneder Hof. His last name was Schikaneder, and Hof is like place. House, and, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so it's like Schikaneder Hof, but there's also a street named after him, and. You know, it's it's famous. It kind of led you to come to that conclusion. Well, well, well I yeah. mean, I, I didn't know it when I, you know, I was just looking on basically the equivalent of Craigslist for a place and found a place that looked good. And then I got in there, and it turned out that you know this famous guy lived there. Didn't know they didn't have the name of the building on the side side of. It. And I found out later after I moved in. Well, okay, fine. Um, this famous guy lived here, and then across the street, you know, Beethoven was it was his favorite drinking spot. Beethoven and oh, Liszt, wow. and you know, some of these other famous musicians and. You know, Mozart is everywhere in that city because he just kept moving. He he didn't stay in one place longer than nine months in his entire life, and so you know it's it, it, and and then um, the other day or you know right before I, I came back to Jackson, I was just walking down the street. And, oh, I I live about a five minute walk from where where uh, Schubert used to live, and so I mean it's like yeah. you know it's it's a uh, it's a crazy it's a crazy spot for for uh, classical music history. Definitely on that. Yeah. Um, of course, if you didn't know the history, though, you would have been walking around blindly. Of course, obviously, when you get to the level you're at in music, you kind of know this stuff, obviously. But that, that's cool. That really is. Yeah. You know, when I was eight years old, I walked up to my dad and I said, I want to be an editorial cartoonist. Which, yeah. you know, my dad said, oh, and you're going to be the best one ever, which was the right answer. Instead yeah. of saying that is the craziest thing an eight-year-old has ever said to me. Yeah. When you were in high school and you were, you know, coming across these professional musicians were helping you, they saw something in you, you responded, you put the work in, obviously. What, where did you think you would be at 29 when you were 15? Well, if I'm completely honest, I didn't really think too much about the future when I was 15. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I was just kind of moving, you know. Each step. Each step, you know, just focusing on where I was. And not thinking so much about the future. I mean, I, I guess when I was 15, I was kind of interested in going to Interlochen Arts Academy, uh, which I did in the end, yeah. um, because it, it was a, a great, uh, you know, they had they had a, a great music program, and I wanted to, you know, be a did part of it. Did you have to it. apply for that? Was that you how that You worked? had to yeah. apply for it. There was an audition. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be accepted. How nerve-wracking was that to sit on that that audition? I mean, you'd done well, quite well, a few at that point. At that anyway. Well, well, for that audition, it was video, and so I. Oh wow! I, okay. So, but but it, it was still nerve-wracking because yeah. you know you make the video and then you watch it, and it's not good enough, and then you do it again, and it's never good enough. Right. No, no matter what level you get to, it's never good enough, and um, you know then it's finally you know you get to the point. Well, the deadline is tomorrow. I need to get this video submitted, and you submit it, and you just you know pray for the best. One of the things that always fascinates me about you and your approach to the arts and professionalism, because it's so much of, you know, for what I do is right-brained, and I think music, there's a lot of right brain to it. But you you don't try to – you do perfect practice. You sit down before you say, okay, I'm going to practice, I'm going to do this. You plan out what you're going to do first. Does That that makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Well, it, it, it uh, makes it a bit more um, efficient. It makes yeah. it because, you know, there's not a lot of time, and so you just have to, you know, do what you can in a short period of time. Right. You know, you optimize t- the time. You talk about that 
evolution of you as an artist. And, you know, first up, you learn how to play the notes. Then yeah. you learn how to play the music, which is a big difference there because you're putting, like you said, the feel and everything else in there. Then you're like, I want to start conducting. Yeah. How did you how did you make that leap from just being one of the people, you know, first chair cello to standing up on the stage with the baton? Um, well, I mean, it, it's um, it, it was a gradual process. I, I got opportunities, you know, to conduct um, in, you know, and and actually at Interlochen was my first opportunity okay. to stand in front of an orchestra. But um, then it was it was, you know, wanting to do it. it, it you have to have the, the desire to do it first. And I had the desire to do it. Um, as as a composer, I needed somebody to play my music, and yeah. the best way is to do it yourself, right? Um, until somebody else decides to do it, and um, I was writing a lot of stuff for orchestra. Um, I also wanted to apply for Aspen, as we we were just talking about the Aspen Music Festival when I was in in uh, college in Chicago, as studying cello, yeah. and so uh, you have to submit a, an audition tape, and so I had to um, you know get an orchestra together so I could submit the audition tape. I didn't get in the first time, didn't get in the second time. Very honest here. It's not easy. But, you know, I, I just kept going. But and you, you, you didn't quit either. You, you don't quit. You right. have to just keep going and then, you know, maybe you get in. I was lucky enough to have been selected eventually. What advice would you give to, say, somebody that's, you know, like maybe 15, 16, or I don't know, 30? Maybe they've got a dream and they can't yeah. do it. And they do come across that rejection. How do you? What re, what advice would you give? Well, I mean, to them? you have you have to think about it. You know, there are a lot of a lot of uh, famous people who didn't become famous until they were in their fifties. You know, they were doing something completely else. You know, something you know completely different than what they became known for. They're, so there's hope for me. There, there's hope for for everybody. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. there's hope for me That's, to also. <laughs> now, I think you're doing okay on that. I love, like I said, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on about creating a symphony. But I mean, I, that's one thing I love about you is because you you don't see obstacles; you see opportunities in the obstacle. Well, yeah, it, um, there's it, there are opportunities, and maybe there are obs- obstacles, but you just find a way around it. Yeah, you, you know, you go, you either go on the on one side, or you go over it, or you go on the other side. You know, you, you have to get around it. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes there's a door, and you just didn't see it because yeah. you were too busy beating your head against well, the wall. Well, then, then you then you find the door, and you just have, and maybe it's locked, and you just have to figure out how to ram through it. You right. know, you have to, you just have to get through somehow. Interlocking, yeah. you, you, you obviously you, you had to move away from home, and that was yeah. that was probably scary. I would imagine at first on that. Your 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 family, how supportive have they been of your career? And obviously, you're sitting here right now, so that's that that means that they were there for you. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't do anything without my family. Yeah, um, you know, I'm just you know, I, it wouldn't be possible. Um, and so I, I was very fortunate to have a supportive family um, who was there and you know who helped took me. Took you to lessons. Who and took me and to got lessons? Instruments and exactly. Who, who who took me to lessons? Who you know helped me get instruments when I was young and you know music and you know yeah, yeah. who was there. That's huge. Yeah. So I tell you what, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? And when we get when we come back, we're going to continue speaking with our guest, conductor William Walker. If you have any questions or comments for him, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877 MPB Ring. That's 877-672-7464. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio.
This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large at Mississippi Today. If you're just joining us, uh, we've been talking with international conductor William Walker, who happens to be from Jackson, Mississippi, product of Jackson Public Schools. And I tell you what, um, a great guest. I'm glad he's on with us today. If you have a question or comment for him, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That is 877-672-7464. William, you know, you and I were just talking a little bit about you know, you growing up, and we've we've covered that ground before in past interviews. So when I last uh, spoke to you, you were talking, you know, talking about the future and some things that you had on on your you know to do list and some things you wanted to do. I don't think um, having being almost stuck in Germany when the borders were being shut down because of a pandemic was on your to do list. And I think that's probably a good place to start. I think it was March eighth, twenty twenty, is when when everything went down because I think. That is the moment where your career kind of took off into, I think, into the stratosphere, some of the things that you're, you've, you've done and the way you've been able to respond to stuff that would have put a lot of people into the fetal position. Tell us a little bit, why were you in Germany and what were you planning on doing? And obviously that got canceled and that had to be a heartbreak. And how did you deal with that? Well, I, I was in, uh, in Munich, Germany um, to assist a, a production of uh, Boris Gudenhoff. Uh, mm-hmm. by by Mazorsky, an opera at the Bavarian State Opera. Um, and I had been planning for almost a full year uh, to do that. And so I... So that's know, like bucket list material right there, getting well, to do that. Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely... A, it's, a, it's a big thing. Yeah. And, you know, like you do it well, and that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Right. And, um, you know, I've been planning for a long time to do it, been studying, and, and it's an, a, an opera in Russian. I was learning a little bit of Russian, trying to, you know you know do everything i could do to make sure it was a big success and um you know be, you said march 8th so it must have been march 7th i was here in jackson giving a concert with the mississippi symphony oh, that's so right. I, mm-hmm. so I, I flew the next day um to munich and um got there went to rehearsal the morning rehearsal you know things were going fine it, it was strange because you walk into the into the opera house and you have, you have to sanitize your hands something's going on okay been talking about some little virus but you know, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. Then all of a sudden, went home for lunch, got a, an, an email. Rehearsals are canceled. Everything is every. You know, the, the concerts are canceled. You know, go home. And I, you know, I said, well, okay, I've got the place booked for a month. I'll stay for a week. Never been here before, and and uh, cancel after a week, and uh, go back to Vienna. And um, about three or four days into that, um, you know, I, I saw well the borders have closed. Uh, the U.S. border closed to to travel from Europe, and I said, "Well, I, I better get back to Vienna before the border closed." You know, inside of Europe, yeah. And um, I got back to Vienna, and the next day the border did close. 
Wow. Yeah, like I, if I waited one more day, I wouldn't have been able to get back. So you had like an Airbnb. You had to say, oh, no, I just got to cancel that. I got to eat that. You've exactly. Got, you've got all your stuff and basically crammed in a backpack trying to get back. Yeah. Or, and would you go by train to get yeah, back? I, yeah, I, I took a train back. And so I, I just got on it because it's it's a short distance. It's, yeah. it's about three three hours, three and a half. It's, it's like okay. going to Memphis, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to Memphis, maybe a little past Memphis, but, you know, you're still in Tennessee. Right. And um, so I, I, I just, you know, went south to uh, Vienna and um, – yeah, I mean that was uh, then. I'll, then you know, I, I I got back and you know people were saying you came at, at the wrong time. We're about to go into a lockdown. I had been watching the the news and you know nobody knew what the word lockdown meant right. back then. And then the the uh, Austrian Chancellor, their version of the president, basically came on television saying, "Okay, this uh, you know we're going to close shops from this time." And you know then the next day we're closing shops. Period. You know nobody in, nobody out um, of, of of the home. And uh, it was a very strict lockdown. You know, it was like something out of a movie. The streets were bare, empty. Oh wow! You know, you you had the yeah. little paper blowing in the in the wind yeah. type situation. Um, and but, if you're out, they're going to stop and say, "No, show me your paper." Kind well, of thing. Well, well, yeah. And so, so you had the permission to go. The permission. The permission. The, you had the permission to go to the supermarkets, and that was it. And and it had to be the one nearby where you're staying. Yeah. And the police were on the streets, and they would randomly check people. And if you were going in a group or, you know, with any other person, they would check you to see if you lived in the same household because you could only meet people from the same household. So you're dealing with not only the hurt of, you know, this project that you had thrown your heart and soul into for months – and then on top of that, you can't even get out of your house. So, yeah. so you're sitting there. I mean, that that's when you're probably in the fetal position at that point. How long did you just kind of wallow and say, okay, what am I going to do? And then what was the moment that said, okay, no, I think I know what I'm going to do and be able to get past this? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When, when you're in that situation where, you know, we knew nothing about what was going on. And then, you know, they're, they're taking these unprecedented measures. You know, yeah. you're, you're worried. Right. But, if, but, you know, honestly, I was worried about all of that. But at the same time, before I left Munich, I was thinking about, okay, well, how can I, you know, do something when they reopen? Yeah. And so, you know, already, you know, they... The, the rehearsal was canceled, and I, you know, I said, "Oh man, what's going on here?" By that evening, I had some type of idea of, you know, what could happen. You know, what, what, you know, what I, I, I was trying to come up with a plan for, you know, what to do when things reopened. This is kind of in the weeds, geeky management kind of uh, question, I suppose. But when you're sitting down and you're doing that brain form of brainstorming, do you just sit there and just? go wild on a piece of paper do you sit down and create an outline what what kind of document did you end up creating that kind of laid out what you were going to do and at that point what did you think you were going to do well at that point um i i was thinking about you know putting on a a concert um that um would have a hundred musicians on the stage something something big something grand saying okay you know we're back type of thing you know um, that didn't happen, yeah. but um, something I, I think better happened in the end. Yeah. Um, well, it, t- now tell us about no- Nova Orchestra. Yeah, so the Nova Orchestra Veen um, was founded um, and gave its first performance in the middle of the pandemic, actually, in the very big, well, I guess the beginning, because now <laughs> it's going on a say. little bit longer. Right. Um, but in, in Austria, um, uh, you know, I guess because they did go into such a strict lockdown, basically they didn't have COVID in, in the summer of 2020. Um, okay. You know, it, it just wasn't there. And so they, they reopened almost completely in the summer. 
And um, so, you know, we gave our first concert in in um, July on July fifteenth, twenty twenty, and we were one of the first orchestras in Europe to play. And all the American orchestras were completely shut down, you know, not giving concerts. And so, I, I, you know, I'm very proud of that fact that we yeah. were able to give a concert in, in the middle of of that summer. Um, and um, so, the, yeah, so we're, we're, the Nova Orchestra Veen is a young orchestra, um, young musicians. You know, all who play, you know, at a very professional level and who are professional musicians. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we give concerts in Vienna. So do you have a Rolodex? I mean, do, I mean, you were able to pick up the phone and say, or text or email or, or you know, Snapchat or however you do to, to have this collection of people that because hey, love you to try out for that. And they're probably thinking, well, I don't have anything else to do. Well, I'm, I mean, um, so. I mean, yeah. how did you find the musicians? The musicians, like, yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's it was a thing of, um, yeah, having a, a few people that you knew yeah. that you wanted to play and then having uh, people around who could also say, okay, yeah, I know so-and-so, yeah, I know so-and-so, you know, this type of thing, recommendations. You know, I, I would think as a musician, you're obviously on the ground, and then by the time you become a conductor, you're probably at fifteen, twenty thousand feet. When you're actually throwing together an orchestra, that's everything. On that, all the all the things that you've done up until this point, and all the connections you made, just suddenly came together. And and I mean, how do you learn how to be able to put together an orchestra? You don't. Okay. You, you just <laughs> you just do it. You just have to. You you yeah. learn on the way. Okay. It's, it's on the job training. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, a, a lot of conductors never do it. Yeah, um, some do it, but a lot of them never do it. And so right. it's, it's a it's a thing of well, if you want to do it and you have the drive to do it, you just somehow figure out how to make it work. So the business side of music fascinates you almost as much as the music does itself. Well, the music the music is is what's always on top. It's the exactly. it's the it's the biggest thing. But you know, to be able to function, you have to do the business side also. And so that you know, I was very lucky to have you know great people around me to be able to help with that and to be able to mentor me into being able to make good decisions. We mentioned you know, of course, Carol. Uh, spoke about how the foundation and how she and Peyton Prosper and James Henley, they've all kind of teamed up and you've had a lot of help along the way. One thing about you and I've noticed is that you're really good at is meeting people, making connections, and then suddenly they believe in you and they want to help you. Tell us a little bit about that because, I mean, obviously Carol is a wonderful human being and yeah, she, can, she can make things happen. Yep. She really can. So yep. t- tell us how important that having that foundation is for you. Well, I mean, without the foundation, the orchestra wouldn't exist. Yeah. You know, because you know you have to eat. You, well, yeah, yeah. The, and the musicians also have to eat. Have also, to eat, you, you know, right. um, we nobody does it. You know, for, nobody does it for free because they they can't because right. that's that's how they live. And so you know, the foundation, the foundation, you know, is is the foundation of this orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's literally the foundation. How many yeah. concerts have y'all had now? Um, well, because of the of the pandemic, because of the lockdowns, you know, Austria went into lockdown just last month, again yeah. for a month. Um, they just came out of it yesterday, um, and so you know, because of that, we had a recording. We had our first concert. This one in, in July twenty twenty um, was for the G twenty um, economic summit. Yeah, um, it was a digital concert. It was it was a, you know only a hundred people were allowed in um, the, at maximum, and. Um, so we 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 did a, we did that live stream broadcast in in that summer. Then we had another concert, um, which was in collaboration with the Austrian consulate in Milan uh, for Austria's National Day, um, and that was a, a live stream broadcast. Then we had um, our first public concert in the historic 
Vienna Music Verein um, just in October of this year. And, you know, we were lucky to get that out because they went right into lockdown. Right. Yeah. So it's all timing. You're just, exactly. kind of, okay. just lucky with timing. Well, it sounds yeah. like when you created this that you had the whole idea of being able to – the technology in mind to being able to create the the ability to broadcast and to be able to get – you know, because you obviously when sound matters, you yeah. have to make sure that you've got the right equipment and the right ability to do things set up. Yeah. So that's that's been a big part of it too, hasn't it? Well, well, you know, I, I, I believe in recording every, every concert yeah. that, that I can. Um, because you can't always, but and and so with with this orchestra, you know, I I want most things. If you can record it, I want to I want to have a record. You yeah. know, I want to record it, and so that was already in 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 mind. And so um, you know, when when um, you know for this G20 concert, when they say, well, can you live stream it? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get it done. Uh, for the Austrian National Day, you know, we couldn't have a, an audience, and so you know, we we'll live stream it. You just got to do it. Tell us about the uh, the uh, the uh, Saudi Arabian connection because you actually had a Mississippi connection there that exactly. helped you get that, which I love this story. Exactly. So um, that was that was Claudia Arnold Ziegler, mm-hmm. um, who, who um, was you know we were on the phone every day, um, multiple for hours, <laughs> you know back and forth um, making this making this uh, concert work, the G twenty concert. Um, she, she had been approached by um, people in Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, because they were chairing the G20 that year, yeah. and she had been approached by them about doing a digital concert with musicians, and so she she contacted me and said, "Hey, can you do this?" And I said, yeah, of course. And so we were on the phone, you know, hours and hours and hours every day, you know, for about a month and a half maybe, and you know, just trying to make it happen, and we did make it happen. Yeah, and yeah. Just, and, she had a Millsaps connection too, so, and I love so, that. So yeah, she she um, she was um, she's her parents are Viennese. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in New York City, grew up here in Jackson, and um, went to school here in Jackson, and went back to Vienna for a little bit, but then went to Millsaps for college. She you know had to come back to Jackson, and yeah. went to Millsaps, and. Yeah, kept that Mississippi connection going. And she knew Peyton, you and know, she, Prosper. She, yeah, exactly. Which, which exactly. is it's, it's it's one of the things I think in the arts business there's like two degrees of separation. Uh, exactly, really. That's that's one hundred percent true. So you can't afford to make anybody mad. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And one thing about knowing you for just getting to spend a little bit of time around you, I just can't imagine you making too many people mad. Well, I, I hope I don't. Well, <laughs> other than the people that aren't performing well, right? Well, it, it, you know, I, I don't want to make them mad either. I, you know, I, yeah. you know, I, you, you, if if they're not performing well, you say, hey, look, you you have to you have to improve. You have to, you know, you don't want to you don't want to make anybody mad. When you get at that level, yeah. though, I mean, if if my conductor comes to me and says you need to step it up a little bit, your pride is you're like, wait a minute, I'm a professional. I'm going to make sure I'm going to do. I mean, it's not like somebody's going to storm off and sulk. I would hope. What? Okay, well, they do that too. That's right. For- oh, wait, there's egos. I, exactly. forget. I forgot how that works. Exactly. Never mind a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Let's, we mentioned um, a little bit during the break, um, you wrote a piece for Bruce Lemmingston. Yeah. Um, Bruce is from the Delta, from here, Mississippi. Uh, he teaches up at Ole Miss some, and he's up in New York. The New York Times said he's uh, one of the top five classical pianists in the world. I, I, I can I can see that. I, I agree that about Bruce. He's yeah. a pretty cool guy. He curated the Marie Hull exhibit that was at the yeah. that, that traveled for a little bit. Bruce is just kind of a, a man of all kinds, a jack of all trades. He really knows a lot of different things. But he's yeah. an amazing pianist. Tell us a little bit about writing a piece for him. That had to be a really interesting experience. 
Well, um, the piece, this piece specifically, um, Bruce asked about um, asked me if I could write this piece um, on the experience of COVID. Oh wow! Um, and and so um, it's it's difficult. It's been it's been very difficult. So a lot of silence in there, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of really frantic music there, and yeah, at the end. And, and so it's it's yeah, it's silence, and yeah, I mean it's it's just it's because I mean it, it's yeah. still going the you know COVID, and so I mean. Um, you know, I, I, I finished part of it. It's going to be a multi-movement piece, and so actually, I'm not even um, because not it's, still yeah. it's still going. It's um, still going, and um, I hope it's a short piece. No, oh no, unfortunately, <laughs> because know. COVID keeps I, going. I, I know. As like I said, <laughs> I hope it's kind of fairly short, a little bit on yeah, that. But um, but but yeah, it's it's um, it's it's been it's been it's been difficult. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's a joy to do. Yeah. And so yeah. What's your favorite? I mean, like I said, the music's kind of what drives everything, and, and yep. I totally understand that because that's what drives me. The art is what drives everything. That's what yep. brought me to dance is what I love. But, I mean, I'm fascinated in all these aspects. The writing for you, the you know, the producing, to be able to put together a symphony, to conducting. Is there any one part of it that you say, oh, that's really my favorite part? Um, you know, I, 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 just, I just like um, – I, I enjoy – any every connection with music yeah because that's that's kind of that's just my life that's yeah. who i am and so performing music writing music performing the music that i write yeah performing other people's music just music is is the most enjoyable part for me definitely we have a caller who'd like to make a comment great welcome to the show what would you like to say to, to william good morning good morning william this is kwame and tim Coran's mother I, I don't have the words to describe how proud I am of you. And Mr. Raymond and I, we have, we have lunch often. So I just want to thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to having you to come and organize an, or, an, an orchestra for the West Jackson community. All right. Thank you so much. It's great, great to you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for the call. That was great. Yeah, thank you so much. I love at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, Clarence Oddbody writes in the in the book and says, uh, no man is a failure who has friends. And I think you were definitely a success because you have you have gotten so many friends over the years. And you, you love to give and you love to give back. And, and that's part of, I think, being a performer is being able to give out there a little bit. Um, we'd like to give folks a chance to give to you throughout your website real quick so people can find out more. Uh, WilliamGarfieldWalker.com. Just my name. Okay. William, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time away from your family to come speak to us today. Right. Thank you so much for having me. That went by fast. I really did. We want to thank you for joining us and thank our guest, Conductor William Garfield Walker from here in Jackson. Uh, an incredibly um, motivational and inspiring story. If you'd like to hear this show again or any other past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Now You're Talking. The show is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Happy birthday. Stay tuned for Southern Harmony Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell. And make sure to join us next Monday at 10 for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>